Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all. From the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers, all brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and buy... Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com. Collector, dealer, take it away. Welcome back to the Collector and the Dealer. Oh, it's another episode with me and Joe. I'm Chuck Oliver. I'm the Collector. He's Joe Davis. He's the Dealer. I've been collecting since 1975, 1976. Uh, just absolutely love it. I'm almost exclusively vintage and now moving into pre-war. That's not great for my wallet. Uh, Joe, Joe's everything because he is a dealer. Joe, tell everybody about your business and uh, how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, Chuck, uh, great to be back this week. Uh our business is uh, located in Loganville, Georgia. We have a retail store and online we are gotbaseballcards.com. Uh, and also we have a break company, usbreaks.com, for those who like to buy into breaks. And on our regular website, we have hundreds and hundreds of boxes, singles, graded cards, autographs, you name it. Uh, we also, on eBay, we sell under user got baseball cards, have hundreds of thousands of items there as well. And we are brought to you each week by Oxygen Financial. Get them online, oxygenfinancial.com. Tremendous help for me and my wife over the past several years. Uh, Insurance, taxes, investments, all of it, full service. Love everybody at Oxygen Financial. Go to oxygenfinancial.com. Get in touch with them. Confident they can take care of you and your family and y'all's needs as well. Also, sports card investor. That's Jeff Wilson and his crew. Uh, Joe, uh, tell everybody about Jeff and why they should go to his YouTube channel and website. Yeah, I visit Sports Card Investor frequently on YouTube. Uh, Jeff does a great job of keeping up with the trends and the hobby, who's hot, who's not, uh, what's going up, what's not. And uh, yeah, I listen to his show probably every week at some point uh, just to uh, keep up with what's trending and highly recommend the uh, good advice he's able to provide to collectors. All right. On this episode of The Collector and the Dealer, uh, we're going to talk about what happens On the other side of the counter, when you walk in with your set, and Joe, uh, obviously this is going to be a lot of your, uh, you know, you're going to share some knowledge with folks. You know, give the benefit of your expertise over the past 30 years or so of doing this. Um, I want you to tell everybody how when, you know, I walked in with a 66 top set, you were just kind of looking at it for grading purposes. But when somebody walks in and they say, I have a 75 tops, a 58 tops, you know, I don't know, 85 Donruss. Um, break down how you start dividing that set. You told me there's five categories. Uh, and the funny thing for me is the very last entry, which was put it in your retail inventory. 
That was yeah. the only entry 25, 30 years ago. Buy a card, you put it in your case, try to sell it. Um, that's now the fifth option. That's last on your list. Talk about somebody walks in with 84 Donruss, 78 tops. What do you do? Yeah, depending on whether it's modern or vintage, I mean, basically the wheels in my head start turning because, you know, I buy a collection and basically my thought process is every card need, you know, it has a purpose and place it needs to go to help us maximize our return on investment. So the first thing is I think of what is in this collection that should get graded? Is there a high grade rookie? Is there high grade vintage? And so my first thing is I strip the collection down what needs to be sent off to a grading company because also now I'm going to be waiting a while to get it back. So I, I get those out. Then secondly, I think about, um, okay, where are my options to sell the rest of the collection in raw form? Uh, and so we have multiple avenues to do that with. Um, one of the first things I think of is we have a very active account on COMC. Um, check out my cards uh, and uh, COMC.com. And we sell a lot of stuff on there and they're really good for unique stuff. You know, it's a printing plate or it's a number 405 autograph or whatever, because you, you can send them there. They scan it. Um, they also list, you can put the cards on eBay there. You can actually run eBay auctions through them. Um, and, uh, some people complain, they say, well, you know, they take X percent off the top when it sells. I never cash my account out. I just turn it into a buying account. So I'll have a few thousand sitting in the account at any given time, just as play money and I can buy other cards with it. So there's one source. Um, we sell a lot of individual cards. Of course we have about 600,000 just on eBay. And so we, we have cards we break down. We'll scan individually, especially if, if I buy a collection and the guy's really hot and like, oh, he just hit four home runs last week. I need to list his rookie cards right now. Mm -hmm. So I'll pick and choose. Whereas with COMC, I'm going to be waiting at least a month for them to get listed on their site. If somebody's red hot or it's from a team, you know, if I have Jamal Murray rookies because Denver's been playing great in the playoffs, you know, I want to list those right now. So there's things that we will list either for auction um, or for fixed price on our eBay and Amazon stores. Um, and then we also, uh, there's certain cards that really don't fit any of those criteria where, you know, like this would just be really good for our dollar boxes or $5 mm -hmm. boxes or our vintage boxes at the store, uh, which I know you got to peruse last time you were in, you know, where we break stuff down mm -hmm. by price point. Yeah. And I, I want you to also give the listener the knowledge of, it takes longer and it's a more involved process than it was like 30 years ago. You walk into the baseball card store with your 68 top set, you hand it across the counter, whoever looks at it and they offer you a price between 30, 40, 50% of what they plan on selling it for. Um, and you would, you could, if you chose, you could walk in and leave with your money that day. Um, Joe, for the customer though, while it's immediate, that is the least efficient and productive way to turn cardboard into paper, into money. Um, it, it is a more involved process and it takes longer, but that's just kind of the, the, the way you need to do if you want to maximize your assets. So just talk to the collector there who may be wanting to sell a set and, and reassure him or her that this is just the process now. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we're always, I mean, we have people who, you know, they bring in something they inherited or they, they're just like, Hey, I'm ready to cash out. I'm ready to cash out today. What can you pay me? You know, and, and I've often explained to people, 
I mean, I've had countless times I said, look, I can give you, let's say, $1,000 for this collection. And I'll tell them, like, you can probably get 15 maybe 18 if you take your time and you scan every card and you list every card and you answer 100 messages about, like, that's what we go through yeah. because I have to calculate all the labor involved to get the maximum amount for a collection. So, but uh, the thing is with the, with the internet and all the, the places people can sell, it's like everybody has the opportunity to be a stay at home entrepreneur with their collection. Um, the challenge is if they have the knowledge of what they've got, um, because just having, if you have cards and no knowledge, you're still no better off than just sell them. So, but if people understand what they've got, you know, what they should list it at, where to list it at, how to list it, um, they can definitely maximize the return. And, uh, I mean, we actually help customers with that. We, we train customers, show them how to list on different sites and so forth. It's part of what we do. And the only thing I would add is folks, if, if you think you are over packaging your cards, you're fine. Um, Joe, how important is it to securely ship? Because if somebody buys a hundred dollar card, thousand dollar card or whatever, and it's not shipped properly, it's not packaged properly. Um, the, the buyer isn't going to send that card right back and you're not getting any money for a card that maybe you're responsible for having damaged in the mail. Exactly. Yeah. We have a fantastic shipping team that, that, that are pros at this, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, there, you have to be so careful. Uh, nowadays, the, the big trend nowadays is blue painters tape. I think they need to remarket it as blue baseball card tape because, uh, it is used we get so many shipments in people sending in their cards to us for grading um, where they wrap them in layer after layer of blue painters tape, which does come off easily, but uh, people use it so that the cards don't slide out of the top load. So they're thoroughly secured. And uh, because yeah, you gotta be, I mean, I mean, I've had people ship me like a complete set. Like they'll let's, let's say they buy a top series one, they build a set. They literally just lay the cards back in the wax box, ship the box. And then I receive it. I mean, I had somebody send me like 10 sets that way one time and half the cards were damaged because they'd bounced around in the box. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a 660 count box or have you ever heard of a team bag or you know, anything to try and secure it better? So, yeah, you have to be super careful um, because, uh, yeah, the your sale can turn into a return very quickly if you don't package stuff correctly. All right, Joe, last thing to talk about in this first part, uh, and it is modern stuff, but it's really, really cool modern stuff. You had, you, you, you piqued my interest, and I think you're doing this, so I'll spend money with you. Um, so I'm on to you. But you piqued my interest last episode, your, uh, Joe Buys a Box. You said, you know what, Chuck, I'm going Allen and Ginter. And I was like, ooh, wait a minute, pre-war. And it was a more modern 2020 Allen and Ginter, and you explained that they brought this back, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Um, but give us a give us a, a download on the boxes with more than one sport or type of card in it. Now it could be Allen and Ginter because that's not you know quote just baseball. Uh, the Goodwin Champions Everything box. I think you were talking about Chronicles, where you might have four or five different products in that box. Uh, that's just cool and intriguing to me. Just give us some examples of this and why they're popular. Yeah, the uh, the Goodwin Champions has been a a, a popular brand for years. They they have a uh, everything from athletes to great at uh, it's an upper deck product and upper deck is not licensed in anything but hockey right now but the goodwin champions is uh they they, they do have uh contracts with you know lebron james michael jordan wayne gretzky tiger woods so they can stick autographed cards of those guys in and and uh 
guys and gals in those products that they have exclusives with. Uh, they, they put everything from, uh, like stamp cards. They've got, uh, Aesop's fables, sketch cards, um, as well as sports cards. So that's a really cool product. Um, and the other trend you're talking about Panini has done with their Chronicles brand where, uh, you know, Panini can only get to make so many releases in any given sport. So what they do instead of coming out with, uh, Spectra and Phoenix and Luminance and all these other brands is they throw them all into one product and it's called Chronicles. So, so technically Chronicles might be numbered one through 600, but like, one to a hundred might be score and a one Oh one to 200 is luminance and two Oh mm -hmm. and so forth. So there's all these different designs. So I'm sure their design team has, who have met some of them, they have a blast with this because they, Hey, we get to create 10 products in one. Sometimes it's, I think there's been as many as like 15 brands in one. And so oh. they've done that with racing, with soccer, basketball. They even did it with a football draft pick chronicles where they get to put all these different brands in one and collectors love it because you know, you, they can open a box and like in Chronicles basketball, you can pull like eight or 10 different Zion rookie cards in one box. So this morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch with 11 restaurants to serve passengers. He's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with first horizon bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. It's just a lot of fun. And anything that brings fun back into it, um, I, you know, I saw uh, like one of the Goodwin boxes. Uh, in one box, there was a Tiger Woods, a Wayne Gretzky, and a Paul Rudd. And, you know, you're thinking Hollywood actor, golfer, all-time great hockey player. There are chess players in there. There are singers and, you know, artists and sculptors. It's just it's, it's a really cool thing there, and I've just really enjoyed kind of getting into some of that. All right, we're going to wrap up the first part of this episode. When we come back, we're going to talk one of the hottest aspects of the hobby right now, unopened material. <laughs> I told you we're here because of support from Oxygen Financial. They're a sponsor of the collector and the dealer, but where my wife and I are, that's also in part thanks to Oxygen Financial. We have been personal clients of Oxygen for several years now, and originally it was for help with our taxes, looking to pay what we're supposed to, but not more. And we had been paying more for years, actually, it turned out. With Oxygen's help, that immediately changed for the better. And my wife and I decided, let's see what Oxygen thinks of our investments and overall strategy. Well, three years later, after making that choice, I can tell you we breathe easier when it comes to the market than at any time before getting with Oxygen Financial. And that's including the current issues all of us everywhere are dealing with. If you might have a question about where you and your family are, any at all, take the step we did and visit OxygenFinancial.com. You can get a free copy of Oxygen's 21-day budget cleanse, as well as Oxygen's guide on how to save up to $100,000 in taxes in 2020, just for telling them you heard Chuck talking about it. Breathe easier about life. Visit OxygenFinancial.com. <laughs> 
popular thought in the sports card world is that there's two camps, those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, sportscardinvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com. All right, we're back on The Collector and the Dealer. I'm Chuck Oliver. I'm The Collector. He's Joe Davis. He's The Dealer. Joe, tell everybody how to get in touch with you again. Uh, they can reach us online at gotbaseballcards.com. Uh, they can shoot us emails to gotbaseballcards at gmail. I actually answer those personally, so happy to talk with uh, our listeners out there. All right, let's talk unopened material and opening it. Um, I, I I will cut to the end of this paragraph. The math almost never works. The reality with you know unopened material, I'm not talking about like a 2020 Bowman Chrome. Um, if you're going back and you're getting a National Treasures box or, you know, something from 2004, something for, I have a 1979 vending box we talked about a couple of episodes ago. The truth, Joe, and I've done the math every way I can figure out, is it really is as simple as it seems. You're taking a shot. Uh, you have no idea. On a pack with 12 cards, you've got a 12 out of 660 chance of getting, you know, I have a 77 Tops baseball wax pack. I think there's 12 cards in it. I've got a 12 out of 660 chance of getting the Nolan Ryan card everybody loves, you know, getting the Schmidt or the Brett or whatever. But the, the likelihood is I'm going to wind up with about $12 worth of commons and maybe a fourth-year Dave Winfield card. That is the likely outcome almost every time you open vintage unopened product or even just older unopened product. That's my opinion. Uh, it's fun, and you get hits every so often. But if you're doing this for the math, for the money, it, it, it almost never works to open that sort of product. Uh, what's your experience? Yeah, agreed. I, I normally regret it if I ever go back and do that. Uh, it is a lot of fun. It's I think it's reliving childhood memories. So how can you put a price tag on that? However, if you're just if you're basing it on what's the return on investment, you're better to stick that pack away or get you know do what we do. A lot of our vintage packs. I, I bought a huge hoard of them last year. We got most of them graded. And so I guess that keeps me from uh, can't I can't as easily open that pack now that it's in a big PSA slab. Oh, it's like um, you uh, put your uh, your American Express in a, a block of ice in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, it's about the same concept. Sure is. Fantastic. Uh, I uh, if you know Dorsey Levins, former NFL player, he was telling me in the off season, he and I'm sorry, during the season, he would take the engine out of his motorcycle. So that if he ever got the urge to just get on the highway and go 120, he's like, I have to put the engine back on the motorcycle. Uh, and so you're right. We're humans. We don't, you know, uh, willpower is not at the top of our list here. Um, unopened material. What is the, what's the, the, the market for you, like in your retail space or online or et cetera? Um, because I don't, I, I just, I, I really want to get into more of the vintage unopened material, but I'll, I'll be honest, Joe, and, and you can tell us with some expertise, over the last two or three years, just my layman's opinion, this stuff has basically doubled or tripled over the past uh, few years. 
oh, it's 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 uh it's insane what some of the pricing has been. I mean, I sold a, and especially if if they do get graded, I give you an extreme example. We just sold a '85 Opeachy baseball pack, graded a 10, which is incredible. I think we got three hundred dollars for it. Um, now raw, those are like ten dollars a pack. Uh, but for the really high-end graded packs, they're they're extreme. So a, as a collector, if you want to have fun with just pack building, I recommend you know buy you a pack run of you know seventy-two and up packs or whatever year you want to start at. Uh, it's still pricey, but um, could make a really nice display in an office, and you can kind of treasure those memories without cracking the pack. Um, I'd like to tell you there's still some bargains out there. But about the only ones I can think of is maybe maybe some early 80s Fleer and Donruss. You can still get some of those, you know, 100, 150 a box. And you can, you know, relive a box from the 80s uh, on, on a, for a reasonable price. But uh, uh, most most of your tops boxes are going to run you three, four, five hundred dollars at least from even from the 80s. Yep. No doubt about that at all. And even I saw a 1980s tops wax box. Um, they're topping a thousand now. And it's yeah. 36 pack. You got the Henderson rookie, which everybody loves, but also it's the Nolan Ryan, it's the Rose, the Schmidt. It's just loaded with the Hall of Famers. Uh, one final thing I want to ask you, Paul, before we move on to Joe Buys a Box, um, is the popularity of retro designs on modern issues. I keep waiting for you to give me positive feedback on Tops 206 from this year, and you're like, yeah, I got nothing for you. Nobody has anything for me. I fell in love with the 2020 Tops uh, 206. And because of the scarcity of polls, the autographs, the the one of 25s, et cetera, um, it came out like a cannon shot. And I love the cards and I love the concept, but I'm kind of on an island now. I mean, it has got no traction and it's almost disappeared as quickly as it's come. This is surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, I love the concept. Um, I didn't love the idea that it wasn't distributed through hobby stores. It was just an online exclusive. And I think that's part of the reason maybe it never caught traction because hobby retailers aren't out there supporting it or promoting it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if it's not being talked about in the hobby stores and uh, it's not being promoted in breaks and so forth. So it, it may have died off quickly for that reason. But yeah, I know you and I talked about the hit ratios from what we're hearing has not been great. Uh, I do love the concept, but I, I love the retro concepts, but because uh, I think it helps educate collectors yep. about the heritage you know, of the hobby, you know, dating back. So. Well, why is this a sovereign back? What is American Beauty or Carolina Brights? Uh, it's just yeah. really, really cool stuff that, and, and that's actually pretty good insight that I had not thought of. Uh, that until you know, like the spine of the industry gets behind it, the dealers and the retail and the hobby and all, that it's just not going to really uh, kind of take off. Uh, just mention a couple of others that maybe are your favorites. Allen and Ginner, we've talked about a little bit. Uh, the Top Heritage, the archives. I just think there's fabulous things being done. And you're right, it kind of there's going to be some 12 year old out there that sees this design and he gets sparked on either vintage or even pre war cars, and I think that's cool. Yeah, the archives is one of my favorites because they put four brands in, I mean, four retro designs in one. And it's an affordable, it's usually a little over $100 a box. And uh, they can, you know, a kid, you know, may buy a pack of 2020 tops and go, wow, this seven, you know, the 74 tops design is cool, which I hated the 74 design, but somebody may like it, you know, so they may want to go back and buy some 74s, but, um, or, 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 you know, 81 tops or whatever, you know, one of the different years that tops has used. And so it, it's, it's nice that, uh, 
uh, tops. They they keep recycling these designs, but it it keeps uh, kind of keeps us connected to um, our childhood, you know, because we uh, see designs that we grew up with. Yeah, and let me go ahead and speak for Joe and everybody else. He didn't like the 81 tops either with that giant, ugly baseball cap down on the bottom of the card. You, like, pick the two ugliest issues tops put out in quarter of a century, Joe. <laughs> this is true. 74s yeah. and 81s. All right. Uh, uh-oh. Look what time it is. Joe buys a box. Joe, the man said you're buying a box ahead of the weekend. Uh, what are you going to buy? How much is it going to cost? How many packs? What are we going to find inside? I'm going with 2020 Topps Chrome Baseball. You know, this week as we're recording this, the uh, Bowman Chrome has actually just come out recently, but the uh, Topps Chrome came a few weeks earlier. I, I lean toward the Topps Chrome as a collector because it's, it's two autographs a box. Of course, it's a beautiful chrome design, uh, around $200 a box, but it does have established rookies, guys who have actually made it to the majors, whereas the Bowman Chrome goes more for the prospects. So um, beautiful card design typically has good traction with investors long-term. If any of Luis Robert or some of the other guys take off, this is a great, great uh, box uh, to buy. Well, my vintage set of the week brought to you each week by Oxygen Financial. Again, visit oxygenfinancial.com. Breathe easier with oxygen. Um, It's 1969 Topps Baseball. And I put together a master set of this. I've got the wrapper. I've got the retail box. Gorgeous box, Joe. I don't know if you can recall it instantly, but um, just a really, like, clearly late 60s fonts and design. The box is cool. Um, I also have, there are a couple of different inserts that I'll include. So I collect a master set. Everybody knows what that is. Um, But 68 and 69 tops share one common trait. Uh, They do have... Uh, a couple of just hammer rookies. And in 69, it's Reggie Jackson. You also get Raleigh Fingers. Uh, but it, you know what carries the, the, the day with 69 tops? It is an unreal roster of Hall of Famers, including the last regular issue mantle card. But it's Seaver. It's already Nolan Ryan. It's Johnny Bench, Carew. It's all of the recent rookies, as well as you still have Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. I mean, 69 tops, it's sort of, I'll, saw, I'll, I'll call it a basic design, Joe, but yeah. I love that set. And I will say, anybody collecting the 69 tops, the leaders cards, they're going to be the hardest cards to find centered. Uh, other than that, I've just loved putting it together. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite sets, too. I, I, I was born in 68, but I, I never liked the 68 design. But the uh, 69, a nice white border. Of course, it, yeah, Mantle's last card. The, the Reggie is actually not that hard to find as it's a low-numbered rookie card. But uh Find it in top grade is another story, but uh, not too hard to find. And uh, uh, like you said, loaded with Hall of Famers, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful set uh, for for the purest collectors who who like the who like a nice clean design. Oh yeah, and one more thing: it's not just the leaders' cards, the All Star cards, which are in the mid four hundreds, I believe. Uh, yeah. Joe, 1969 tops All Star cards, they ain't centered; they just don't exist. So. Uh, 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 it's one of those little subsets in there that has its own deal of weirdness. All right, we're going to uh, go ahead and wrap up for this week. Appreciate everybody joining us. Come back in seven days for more of The Collector and the Dealer. This morning in the Atlanta airport, 
No one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank member FDIC. FDIC.